welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hey there, I am popping into your ears on a Tuesday because it is a very special day. It is book launch day. I apologize if I sound a little off. I'm at a hotel in Edinburgh, Scotland. I'm in town for Turing Fest, which is Scotland's premier tech event. The original book launch date was earlier in July, so because of the paper shortage and some supply chain issues, they moved the book launch date back such that it falls during my trip, which is in some ways not ideal and in some ways just perfect. But in any event, I don't have my full normal podcast setup, so if the audio quality is a little bit lower than what you're used to, sorry about that. I've been talking about this book periodically over the last couple of years because it's a book that has taken a couple of years to bring out into the world. Touching Two Worlds, A Guide for Finding Hope in the Landscape of Loss, is the work that poured out of me as I was processing the deaths of my father and my brother. So the book is very much about grief. It is part memoir, but also part psychological assessment. I write both as a daughter and as a sister, as a person who is experiencing significant grief, but also as a psychologist. So my intention is to share my experiences in a way that helps to normalize and humanize some of the maybe less talked about components of grief, but to go also one step further and to offer people suggestions, reflections, things that can help ease their own grief or take them deeper toward their grief. The point isn't so much just to tell my stories, but to share the stories that matter to me in a way that connects with something that's more universal and applicable to other people. Last week, I did a book signing and a book reading at the local bookstore in my neighborhood in Minneapolis. And uh, many of my very, very dear friends were in the room. And my children were also in the room, along with, of course, Rob. But it was an immensely gratifying experience to read from the book and have my children hear these stories and experiences in this particular way. They, of course, lived through these events in our family, but having them hear me read the prose was kind of this other level of deepening. It was really cool. It was really meaningful to me. If I'm honest, I think that this book is really one of the best things that I've done professionally. It is a full-hearted attempt to give an honest portrayal of the meandering through grief that a lot of us do at different points in our lives. I've held nothing back, and sometimes that's terrifying. But in a way, it's also really exhilarating to speak my own truth, to tell my deep stories in a way that is very honest and authentic. So this book feels like this really important integration of both my heart and my mind. And I think to be in the middle of my career and have that opportunity um, feels just really important. 
I also think the content of the book is extremely timely and important. Obviously, COVID has created a lot of grief for people. There's a lot of economic stability. Sometimes the world feels like an absolute show. And many of us are experiencing all kinds of different grief. But to be honest, very few of us have much, I don't know, training or preparation in how to cope with grief or walk through grief. One of the things that I really came to in my own experience is the importance of becoming grief literate almost before you need to, right, as kind of a preventative preparation process. I actually have been thinking about it almost like helping kids understand sex. Like you you want to start having those conversations pretty early in life and you have them sprinkled throughout different developmental periods of your child's life. You don't just like draft the full story on them when they're when they're 16. It's a literacy, it's an education that helps children and adults alike navigate a nuanced and complex experience. So it feels important for me from where I sit to really weigh in on how grief happens and to offer some critiques of some of the ways that grief more typically unfolds within Western culture, and also offer some suggestions for how we could do it better with a little bit more nuance, a little bit more integrity, and a little more hopefulness. A book about grief is certainly not a a sexy, compelling topic. (laughs) And it's not like people are like eagerly biting their fingernails to jump in and see, ooh, what's this book going to be about? But I, I do assure you that it's not, well, it is pretty sad, but it's not just sad that um, the book attempts to use humor and just authentically portray what it feels like to be a very alive, active, engaged parent and professional who's got a lot going on in life, very much alive, and then also in the world of grief. And that's the title, Touching Two Worlds, the sense of challenge to navigate back and forth between what it's like to be generative, to be building a business, raising children, making things, being creative, and then also completely present to lives that are ending, to the unraveling of things. When I first entered grief, it felt like whiplash moving back and forth between those two existences. But the longer that I lingered in grief, the more comfortable I got kind of teleporting back and forth between the two. So that's the book's theme more broadly is how to have a heart, have a mind, have an emotional nuance that's large enough to navigate back and forth somewhat seamlessly between different kinds of emotional complexity and different ends of the emotional spectrum. Obviously, this podcast focuses on entrepreneur mental health, and the book is not written specifically to entrepreneurs. It's written for a broad audience. But because I am an entrepreneur and I work with entrepreneurs and I'm married to an entrepreneur and I'm kind of like living in the land of entrepreneurs, there's certainly a lot that's applicable, I think, to anybody who would be listening to this program. So here is my gentle pleading request. Small caveat, we don't sell advertising on this show. I've been doing this show for years. It's not designed to be something that is an advertisement or, you know, it's part of like a hustle. I do this show because I I enjoy doing it and I think it serves an audience. So if it bugs you for me to say, hey, please buy my book, then you can, you know, stop listening now because I'm going to say 
please buy the book today. It is um, really, really helpful for there to be a lot of books moved or sold really in the first week of the book launch. That's how books get on the radar for bestseller lists, for different awards. It also proves to my publisher that I was a, a bet worth taking. The printed book is widely available in the US and Canada. The printed book doesn't launch in the UK or in Europe until a little bit later in the summer, but the digital book and the audio book, which I do narrate, are both available, I think, all over the world. So it is super, super helpful for folks to buy the book this week or next. And then the other really helpful thing is for folks to leave a review, hopefully a favorable review. <laughs> Feel free to leave your five-star review. Um, probably the one-star review is less helpful. So if it's a one-star book for you, uh, maybe just email me. You don't need to put that on Amazon. Reviews are proof of engagement. They are proof that readers are really intrigued by the book or interacting with the book. And obviously that helps with Amazon bestseller status and other kinds of bestseller accolades. And then third and final component of this request is to share the book, talk about the book, post about it on social media, give a shout out via Twitter, talk about it with your friends and family. Unless a book gets picked up by a big influencer like Oprah's book club, the way that books really spread is from person to person. They spread word of mouth through book clubs and recommendations and by gifting the book to people. And I'm hopeful that that kind of groundswell will help really put some eyes on this book because I think it does present some really interesting ideas and important ideas about how to rethink the way that we grieve. So obviously, don't do anything that feels out of alignment or out of integrity with you. But if you happen upon the book and you like it, please review it. Please share it. I thought I would end this special episode of this book launch day podcast by reading a brief excerpt from the book. This is an essay toward the end of the book called We're All Grieving. I see grief everywhere now. Last week, I helped an entrepreneur organize a memorial event for his business. He's shutting it down. We're gathering the employees for a photo slideshow and exchange of stories and memories. This practice is intended to help everyone say goodbye and to name the heaviness of loss. A little subset of my clinical practice consists of women physicians, specifically surgeons and emergency doctors. Our work together includes lots of topics, parenting, the ups and downs of marriage, sexism, family of origin stuff, but mostly it is grief work. Grief over the moments when they weren't able to help their patients. Grief about the impossible problems they face every day. Grief at not having more time, ability, energy, wisdom, patience. Grief about lost parents and distance kids. There's a deep vulnerability to grief among those who live full lives, those who pour themselves into creating businesses and meaningful vocations, those who form deep relationships and open themselves to connection with others. The more touch points you have with the world around you, the higher the likelihood that you will encounter grief. The more you hope for, the more you stand to lose. The deeper your love and open-heartedness, the more openings for pain to land. Like light and shadow, fullness and loss are inextricably connected. Grief is a marker of a beautiful, full life. As I honor the griefs that have entered my life, I've begun to see my work as a kind of subversive grief boot camp. 
without saying it out loud, I'm trying to help the movers and shakers of the world find a sense of comfort in loss. To prepare for the certainty of grief with eyes open and an emotional courage that accepts grief as the trade-off for love and ambition. What if all of us began to embrace grief? What if we stopped treating grief as a weakness to hide or relegate to the margins of a full life, but instead welcomed it as a teacher, as a companion? For most of us, death is an edge state. It is not a commonly occurring part of life. We'll have intimate experience with death a handful of times during our lives. But grief is not limited to stories involving death. Grief is at the center. Loss weaves in and out of our lives all the time, every day, in big and small ways, in our aging bodies, in our work, in our relationships, in all our attempts, in our experience of the world around us. It is unavoidable and universal. The more we fear and avoid the feeling of it, the more angst we create for ourselves. Let's get comfortable here in the land of grief. We live here. We might as well settle in. Thank you so much for being a listener to this podcast and for the support that you have been on this journey for me. I hope that the book serves you. I hope that it deepens your heart and your sense of connection to yourself and to those around you. It is my deep delight to offer it to you. And please, honestly, I really love to hear what you think, what resonates, what questions it brings up for you. So feel free to reach out by email or on all of the social media platforms. I'm at Sherry Walling on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm on Facebook sort of. So don't worry about that. Anyway, have a great Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.